wherever you are listening from and welcome to the first ever episode of You, Me and MotoGP. That's my bike noise. That's supposed to be a bike now. Yes, or I don't know, something struggling I think, to breathe. Yeah, maybe a Honda because <laughs> they're struggling a little I think. Let me start off by saying, we are a South African couple, so expect us to be biased towards the Binder brothers from the get-go. MotoGP has become a third wheel in our relationship, so we decided to do what every other millennial couple would share our opinion with the world. Join us every week as we navigate our way through the exciting lives of MotoGP superstars. Hi Shanae and welcome. Uh, please ensure to all our listeners that you are here by your own free will and that uh, I didn't force you. Yes, I'm absolutely not strapped to the chair right now and cannot run away, like, struggling. I uh, sense a little bit of sarcasm there, but I think at the end of the day, we are both the same. We both want our opinions heard. First round of MotoGP 2023 done and dusted. Portugal, Portimao. Don't think about it. Just give us the first word that pops into your head when you think of this weekend. Three, two, one, go. Um, I would say bumper cars. You know what it lets me think of is like I think it was Boomerang or Cartoon Network. You know, wacky racers. Like the first <laughs> few will take out each other, and only like I think the strongest will survive. Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting point of view. I never thought of it like that, but it's very accurate. I think it's like a very, it was very balls to the wall, all out, guys going down left, right and center. It, it was, it was, it was fanatic. You say only the strong will survive and yeah. Yeah, like Prosecco Peco. Prosecco Peco, is that, who's that? I don't know. The one that always wins and gets the Prosecco champagne showers at the end. <laughs> okay, I think it's official. We're calling him Prosecco Peco from now on. Why not? I think now's a good time to just to have a quick recap on the weekend's action. So if there's anybody that perhaps missed the race or still wanted to watch some highlights, now would be a good time to just tune out for a second. The new MotoGP schedule started on Friday with a P1 practice one session. It was a very uneventful session. There was rain in the beginning of it. Most of the riders stayed in the garage, waited for rain to subdue. By the end, rain did calm down and the riders were able to post some fast laps. The quickest lap of the session going to Alex Marquez of Grazini Racing. Unlike practice one, practice two was actually a very, very eventful session. The session had two red flags in it. The first red flag coming from a technical issue on the track with some of the electronics shutting down. The second red flag unfortunately came from a massive accident by Gas Gas Factory Racing Paul Espargo. At the time of the recording this podcast, we can confirm that Paul was airlifted. He is conscious, he's at Farrow Hospital and there seems to be some contusions on his lungs. I think this is an important time to just maybe sit back and remember that these guys are fathers, uncles and brothers before they are anything else, before they are racers and their health is the most important thing here. So our thoughts and our prayers going out to Paul. Uh, we hope you're doing okay, but the next big surprise of the session was definitely KTM Factory Racing. Jack Miller pulling off the biggest sandbagging move we've ever seen. Shanae, what's your opinion on this? Do you think KTM just found something in this last week and on on this last day? Or do you think they sandbagged the entire paddock and actually have a decent bike this year? Something to look forward to. Well, me being new to all of this, what is sandbagging? Sandbagging is, you know, I want to use the word deceitful. Maybe not deceitful, just hiding, not showing all their cards. Um, pre-season testing, they came out and... 
they didn't look the greatest. Uh, a lot of the other podcasts and media was like, KTM is nowhere. They didn't make a step. Everybody's worried about KTM. They're being the letdown. And then, obviously, Jack Miller comes out and sets the fastest day on, on day one. So, do you think they were being deceitful? Do you think they were hiding? Or what? What? what what's your opinion on that? Oh, yes. I like your poker face. Yes, 100%. Something like that. Um, in my opinion, I don't, I don't think so. Because, I mean, if you just look at... Jack Miller, like he's so entertaining to watch. He's just so bold and fierce and out there. And, you know, I just think he's really a good rider. And it was like a good move on KTM's part to, you know, add him to the team. I think he's very someone to watch. Yeah, I think he is. It, it kind of feels like cheating on Brad, speaking so highly of, of, of Jack. But no uh, offense to Brad, but yeah. Yeah, I know he's injured and everything. I just. Yeah, so Brad with his neck, obviously we will wait and see. But yeah, you know he's Jack, a cowboy. So. Jack, Jack is pulling it off at this stage. Then qualifying one was pretty much what everybody expected. Um, at this stage, we have learned that Brad Binder had a neck injury from the fall he took at turn seven during testing in Portimao two weeks prior. So he was struggling a lot with his neck. He did go for an MRI on the Friday night and it came back that everything's okay. But it seems to be that he might have a nerve pinching or something that's causing him a lot of pain. Uh, he's not able to do his typical Brad Binder things that we expect of him. This session, Miguel Oliveira, the hometown hero, and Mark Marquez was able to finish 1 and 2 and pull through to the Q2 session. Q2 started off very interestingly again by Jack Miller breaking his previous day record again and going top of the tables and everybody wondering what the hell KTM is doing. Unfortunately for Jack, it didn't last long. Jorge Martin, Francesco Bagnaia and Mark Marquez all then broke that to go ahead of Miller. Mark doing his typical Mark things, grabbing a toe at the back of Anaya Bastianini on the last lap to go and do a 137-2. So Mark taking the first pole position of the year. And honestly, at this stage, we shouldn't be surprised by this. It's Mark Marquez doing Mark Marquez things. So this now, first sprint race, this is where the fun begins. This is what everybody's been talking about. This is what everybody's been waiting for. What an absolute cracker. Everybody was debating whether this will bring new people to the sport. Um, I'm still not sure whether it will. But trust me, as an old fan... I love the sprint race. It was all out, shoulders out, elbows out. The guys were falling left, right and center. Not that that's what we want to see, but you could see everybody was just limiting themselves, putting it all out on the line. Jack Miller, Jorge Martin, Francesco Bagnaia, Mark Mark, all fighting at the front, all swapping lead. At the end, nobody could uh, take it away from the world champion, Peko. Peko brought it home with... Martin in second and Marquez in third. Miguel Oliveira briefly, briefly came onto that podium position. Almost had Portugal having a massive, massive party. But unfortunately ran wide on one of the corners. So yeah, my opinion, sprint races, absolutely awesome. Can't wait to see all of them. I'm sure if you go down to KTM Factory Racing or Prima Pramac Racing right now and ask Jack or Martin or even Peko, that they'll tell you that that is what racing is about. It was absolutely phenomenal. So, Shanae, even though you're a complete newbie to this, uh, you have watched a season or two of MotoGP with me. What, what's your opinion on the sprint races? Did you enjoy the sprint race? 
Do you think it's a format that will attract new fans? What's your five cents on this? Moving on swiftly then. Uh, you mean Prosecco Peco? <laughs> Apologies, yeah, Prosecco Peco. Yes, well, some of the races I've previously watched, as you forced me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I think what I'm just fearful for, maybe for MotoGP with the sprint races, is that it will maybe debunk a Sunday race. Because, you know, like the sprint races were very action-packed and entertaining. And, you know, it's like a normal Sunday race at the last bit of it when they're making moves and you're trying to see who's going to be in front. And, you know, they being cowboys, it was a lot. Yeah, it was punchy and impactful. It was it was really, I enjoyed it, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, it makes me think of like how we're living now in society. We're all seeking entertainment and we're living with entertainment at the tip of our fingers with apps like TikTok and so forth, where everything's in a shorter, sheer time span. And, you know, we, we're kind of lazy in that way where we want entertainment now and fast and quick and accessible. Yeah. So maybe it's a masterstroke move from MotoGP starting to just dabble in that and understanding that people have short attention spans lately and they should make a race that keeps your attention so that 12 lap race yeah like adhd you know watching one tiktok about adhd then everyone thinks they have adhd because it's so generalized okay so cool from now on we will call the sprints adhd races yes sunday morning started with news that Enao bastanini will not take part of the race this was unfortunate as you know luca marini ran into him in the sprint race Saturday afternoon and he seems like he allegedly broke a piece of his shoulder or part of his shoulder is a fraction it. Let's hope Anaya can recover and get back um, to his old self and join us in Argentina, join the, the, the guys in Argentina. Um, the race Sunday, big surprise, no one's going to guess it. Guess who won? Peko, Paseko, Benyaya. So, yeah, Maverick second, Bezeki third. Big disappointment of the race for me personally, I think it's John Mir. John Mir showed a lot of potential during the the week or the weekend to, to finish up higher. My big surprise was Maverick Vignoles. I think everybody pinned uh, Alasia Spargo or even Miguel Oliveira to be the top Aprilia. We'll get to Miguel Oliveira in a second. He was very, very unlucky. Let's talk about it. Miguel Oliveira being hit by Mark Marquez. Before he was hit by Mark Marquez, if you watch the race, Mark was riding frantically. It's gotten to a point where Mark needs to ride the wheels off that Honda just to be competitive. And I don't think it's fair. I think without him knowingly doing it or being purposely doing it, I think he's overriding the bike and it's becoming dangerous. He had so many moments where he just pushed to try and keep up. And I don't think it's fair towards him, towards Honda or towards any of the other riders because he's He's risking a lot but riding the bike the way that he does. So yeah, Mark having a frantic start before running into, I think it was Martin and then hit Oliveira and uh, ended the race for the for the hometown hero. So that, that, that was a sucky one. Uh, I think uh, Oliveira is going to have an awesome season. I think he's very good on that Aprilia. I think that Aprilia is a very nice bike to ride. It, it seems like it's very, let's call it user-friendly at this stage. Yeah, the other thing, I think Alex Marquez is finally getting to show the world the talent that he has. I think it's an immense talent. The Ducati obviously is a very forgiving, nice bike to ride, but at last Alex is starting to show his potential with a top six finish there. And how can we not talk about Brad Binder? 
Mr. Sunday Man again, beating his teammate, yes, Jack Miller, with one spot, ending up in 6th place, 15-6. to six. Who can now deny that Brad Bunder is the ultimate racer? You're putting him in a racing, racing environment and he will beat out 90% of the people out there. So, again, South African bias pulling through, my opinion. All on same equipment, Brad Bunder whips the lot of them. But yeah, so that was the Sunday race, guys. Very interesting, very lacquer. Let's call it lacquer. We are South African, so let's call it a lacquer first round. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed watching the race and happy to have MotoGP back at this stage. It's now time to get on to my personal favorite segment of the show. Um, the segment is educational. So yeah, let's some just call it Teach Me Daddy. Oh boy, that's cringe. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. We don't want to get cancelled on the first show, so we'll definitely work on something else to call that. But yeah, in this segment, we have Shanae asking some general questions regarding MotoGP, um, stuff she picked up over the weekend, um, racing in general. Any any questions that Shanae wants to learn from? My first question I have for you is, are the bikes being designed by previous techno ravers? You know, because everything's neon, <laughs> everything's flashy, everything is looking like we're back in the 80s at a techno rave <laughs> yeah that, that's actually quite funny i never thought of it that way and i think most of the neon paint and the wild livery stems from the biggest name in the sport ever you, you would have heard of him i talk about him often valentino rossi as far as my memory serves me rossi was the first one to do the bright yellow designs and let's be honest who doesn't want to be like the doctor Okay, so it's nothing to do with health and safety that you kind of need to see them flashing by you as they're speeding <laughs> along. Uh, it might be, actually. Good question. I don't know, but I, I just think it's, it's Rossi and his impact. You know, the yellow 46. You have the hat. I have the shirt. You know how they look. Thank you. Next. Okay, so why do you think Motor GP is primarily in Europe and like larger than it is in South Africa? Um, do you think it's a financial thing? Because as we know, with Brad Binders being the first South African really to make it into the big leagues, um, his family had to make a big financial sacrifice in order to get him there. Yeah, that's a, that is such a good question. It's like uh, trying to think of why it would be bigger in Europe. And one of the first things that come to mind, if you just think of Europe and think of the movies and think of everything, I think it's a lot to do with going back at looking at transport culture. Motorbikes, uh, scooters, two-wheeled transport is much bigger in Italy and Spain. The towns there, so I don't know if that has maybe something to do with it. I don't know what the correct answer is here. I'm just like kind of trying to make an educated guess, but I think that transport culture in Europe has something to do with it. Motorcycles are much bigger there. Um, but I also think Brad now broke through that ceiling. We saw that Chica's 60-60 ad with the young gentleman that's that's trying to make it in motorcycle racing. And there is and there will be a lot more South Africans, I think. But primarily speaking, it's going to be difficult because Spanish and Italian drivers do tend to dominate the grid. No, but con has anyone ever been to Hearties on a Sunday? There's enough motorbikes in this country to make an impact. <laughs> uh, and no one's faster than Umquibus from Boxburg on his CSX also. Maybe they should do some MotoGP editions on the stretch between Johannesburg and Hearties. Eh? Maybe it's not always about the size of the rider. <laughs> no, let's not even get into that because it's discrimination for MotoGP just to be for small people. 
there should be riots. They should make like different weight classes, I believe. They should have heavyweight. Yes, they need to give Umfrak a chance to show off his skills. My third question I have for you is why has MotoGP taken over our weekends? Um, Where does the love for this specific motorsport come from? Yeah, I think for me, that's a very good question. For me, it's, I think it stems from a generational thing. My father was a biker. I grew up watching MotoGP every weekend. And as young boys do, they look at their fathers and they want to be like their father. So I'm pretty sure my son will most probably, hopefully, also learn to love the sport. Um, but I also think that that's where the sports limitations come in. Um, people that don't learn to love MotoGP through previous generations hardly get into it. I'm not saying they don't. I'm saying it's few and far in between. 90% of fans, in my opinion, I think, um, grew up watching MotoGP or some type of motorsport. So it creates limitations for the sport. So then it starts becoming the thing, how do you attract new viewers? How do we attract the Chinese of the world that didn't grow up watching motorsport? How do we make it interesting? It's the We can chat about that Netflix documentary for hours, I think, Drive to Survive and how popular that made the sport. But what do you think? What's your, what, what's your opinion? How do we get new fans into the sport? Well, I think, you know, what made Formula One so popular and what the Netflix documentary that they did was also just going beyond, you know, behind the scenes with the the riders and just giving it a personal touch and going into their lives and, you know, how did this one individual grow up to you know, get into the sport and how did they make a success of themselves? Why them and not someone else? So I think it can be very interesting in that way. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like creating a character, creating a backstory. So it's not just a person that's in a car. You actually feel like you know the person. Um, Netflix did that very, very well. I even got you to watch the, the golf documentary with me and you actually sat down and watched a half an hour of golf the other day because you actually know who Jordan Spieth is. So... We know oh, Mot- go Jordan Speed. <laughs> we know, yeah, go Jordan. That uh, MotoGP did try and make a documentary. Um, unfortunately, it's difficult as well. Again, Spanish-dominated grid. The English isn't great. Sorry, guys, let's call it what it is. So it's difficult to attract people from the U.S. when 90% of your grid struggle to speak English. So that, I think, has its limitations. But there's ways to get around it. Dorna, MotoGP, listen to us, pay the money, get the Netflix people, let's grow the sport. So lastly, maybe it's not a question, but something that I noticed is just the grid girls and their ability to keep up those umbrellas. Like, there's not a tremble, like the strength in those arms just to keep up those umbrellas. So like really impressive, like I wanted to give them a shout out. No, definitely. I think it is. Now that you mention it, I want. Do you think they have like a special workout routine? If there's, yeah, I don't know. If there's I, any great girls listening to this by some chance, give us a shout. We'd like to know. Yeah, so I know it's not something that catches your eye. The first thing is their ability to, you know, hold those umbrellas. It's. What are you talking about? That was all I ever thought of when I saw that. I was like, that is impressive. You were worried for them. I was worried, definitely. Yes, I wanted you to would, run and help. Yes, definitely. you would definitely <laughs> just want to have a helping hand there. Like, 100%. Just, no. You know. The gentleman you are. Definitely. Okay, guys, so now we get on to our last segment. And we are still debating what to call this, but I think for now we'll call it Chanae's Pick of the Week. She will briefly just break down and chat about one rider she chose for the week and give you some insights on that specific rider. 
Shanae, who will be your rider? Who will be the lucky first winner to be analyzed by you? Okay, so my favorite that I picked for the week, hold your breath, it's shocking, is Jack Miller. <laughs> no one saw that coming. Surprise, surprise. But anyways, I think why I just picked him is just, you know, it's been now his first showcase on the KTM and he's already been impressive and just shocked everyone and... He's just like really entertaining to watch and every week you're just like, what's he going to do? And so that just, you know, made me notice that he really looks like he's someone that's enjoying his, you know, where he is in life. And I think the problem for me that I've noticed a lot is, you know, even like now watching the golf documentary for years, when your hobby becomes your livelihood is do these guys actually just take the time to enjoy what they're doing? And, you know, you don't have a lot of years doing yeah. these sports i agree with you and i think you're 100 right i think jack is one of the guys on the paddock that enjoys riding a motorcycle he just he gives off this proper australian cowboy walks around bare feet on his farm catches snakes with his hands vibe and yeah, has he, a pet spider yeah, we don't know no but his pet actually is bruce his bulldog which is very cute yeah we just just so you guys know we are big big dog people so we support any riders that love their dogs. Look after your dogs. Let well, them any, animals. Them. any animals. Any okay, animals. Yeah. Well, yeah. True enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Any four-legged, I don't know, like reptile, anything. Like even if you had a spider, that'd be super impressive yeah, that, to me. That, He does give off that vibe, doesn't And Australia's full of them, so why wouldn't he? Yeah, he just knows how to handle the crazies. Um, yeah, and just so this week with them, they also announced him and his partner that they are expecting a little Jack. You think they're going to allow little Jack to ride bike? Because... Well, in the shoot that they did on Instagram already, there's a little hand-picked bike in the photo. K- K- KTM on there. Yeah, I don't know how... Uh, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't know. be able to handle that stress oh, no, level. Oh, so like... Maybe engagement shoot idea for me and you. We'll have a KTM in the background. How do you feel about that? Now you're being biased. What about Honda and... <laughs> no, thank you. Um, and Suzuki and Ooh. Yamaha and I don't know the yeah. rest. I'm still learning. <laughs> Suzuki left the sport, but I understand what you're trying to say. And like we mentioned earlier, we're going to be biased. We are South African fans, and KTM's the best, and Brad Binder's the best, and no one's going to argue with us. I think let let's let's move along, and I, I want to ask you a last question from my side. Who do you think out of all these riders, if they all were on equal equipment and use the same bike? Who do you think would be the world champion? Well, I think the top three of what I've already seen, you know, with just like their bare talent and just like their ballsiness, if I can call it that way. Brad is injured now, but I think also that makes him so exciting to watch as he just comes out of the left and he just surprises you. And he's just, he uh, is also a South African ballsy, does not fear, is not something he thinks about. So I think he's quite exciting to watch when he is healthy and then obviously jack with you know his i think you call it a bunny hops or whatever he does when he wins and i think obviously like fabio for me is still someone like that guy has the heart and the passion like he's very much yeah he's a in it no, 100%, I, think. I think anyone that has the intent of wanting to just yeah no uh, i agree with you with jack brad fabio and i'd jorge martin in there Ooh, Jorge. Yeah, yeah Ma- you know, Ma- it's Ma- my Ma- favorite. Yeah, okay, let's calm down, calm down. Maybe so, next week, dot, dot, dot. 
Yeah, and then we have to mention Mark Marquez when it comes to that conversation. He's an eight-time world champion. As a devoted Rossi fan, I don't often like speaking about Marquez. He is not my favorite, but he is undeniably talented. So you can't have that conversation without mentioning Mark Marquez, I guess. But anyways, back to Miller. So yeah, we're excited to see where he's going to be leading. And um, just to see where he lands on the podium and hopefully he gets to have champagne showers a with, lot after. With Paseco Pico. And no, no, no maybe Jorge. Let's you just throw it in. Hey, oh, you want Jack and Jorge to shower each other with, with Paseco This okay. is getting out of uh, hand. Maybe we should stop now. <laughs> no. Guys, but yeah, I, I think just, just to end off. So thanks everyone for listening. If you get a chance, please like and subscribe to whatever platform you're listening on. Apple Music, Spotify. We're going to try and get it out on all of them. But for now, yeah, we'll, we'll put up some social media pages as well, I think. So if you see our social media pages pop up, give us a like, give us a follow, send some love our way. And if you don't send love, we'll probably just ignore you. We don't really care. So yeah, that's it. So nay, say goodbye. Bye. Yeah, okay.